0: Welcome to Buildings and Beyond,
1: the podcast that explores how we can create a more sustainable built environment
0: by focusing on efficiency, accessibility, and health.
1: I'm Rob Aldrich,
0: and I'm Kelly Westby.
1: In this episode, I spoke with Gayatri Vijay Kumar, who is an engineer here at Stephen Winter Associates. For a few years, she's been involved in the code amendment process specifically with the IECC the International Energy Conservation Code like all of the ICC codes that's International Code Council these are updated every three years and she got involved with um, working on several amendments to the code to improve energy efficiency this, is, uh, this conversation is really about the process of how codes are amended, not the substance of the codes or the substance of the amendments. Not the amendments themselves. We'll link to that information for sure. But this is really about the process. And this is not my area of expertise, as you can clearly tell if you listen to this episode. But Three does a great job of breaking down the process, answering my many questions, and clarifying when I'm confused which was fairly often. I really learned a lot, so let's chat with Guy 3. Hey guys, this is Dylan Martello from the Passive House team at Stephen Winter Associates. Before we dive into the episode, I wanted to let you know that the 2020 North American Passive House Network Conference will now be hosted virtually on June 11th and 12th. This year, I will be talking about how Passive House can help buildings comply with the increasing carbon mandates enacted by cities across the U.S., be sure to tune in online to see my session and others by registering at naffinconference.com. That's naphnconference.com. That's N A P H N conference.com. Enjoy the show.
0: So, they call the IECC the model code. Okay. And so, generally, all the work that goes into the model code so it's been the 2009, the 2012, the 2015, 2018 IECC, right? So, every three years when they go through those cycles, um, it's, it's set up to be the model code that local jurisdictions like states can, can adopt and become their, uh, the state energy code okay. and so if we talk about the 2018 ICC usually states don't adopt it that same year they're not adopting it in 2018 right? it just gets published in 2018 okay. so they're usually a few years behind and so what's strange about the code cycle is that before your state has even adopted it, before most users are using it for their buildings You already have to know that you want to change it. You have to know what about it you don't like. And so usually it ends up being the people in the game that are either in the building industry or in energy advocacy groups. They're the ones that know what they don't like about the current code. And they already know what they want to change about it three years from now. And so I got involved in the code cycle back in 2016. Okay. And so, a colleague of ours,
1: and we're talking, we're talking right now in March of 2020. Yes, to so put things in reference for exactly. people. Exactly. So
0: four years ago, and again, similar to you, I was not interested in code development. It's not my background. I'm a mechanical engineer. I came to Stephen Winter Associates 15 years ago. Never envisioned that you know code development is where I wanted to go. Um, a coworker of ours, Sean Maxwell, um, he had been involved in the New York State adoption of the 2015 IECC. So like we were discussing, every state wants to adopt the model code, but it's a model code. They're gonna amend it to suit whatever needs they have. And so when New York State was looking at the 2015 IECC, there were things they didn't like about it. And so they'd reached out to Stephen Winner Associates and specifically about air leakage testing. Uh, Sean w- Maxwell had some ideas for certain changes to the air leakage test standards. And so he worked with them, provided some language, and so what most, most states will do is they'll amend a certain part or multiple parts of the model code. And so that becomes our own state version. And so he was working with them, and then he had the bright idea, instead of just limiting this amazing change he'd come up with for air leakage testing to be used in New York State, why not submit it to the actual model code, the actual IECC? And so the 2015 had just been printed, and so as soon as it's printed, you have to think about the next code cycle, which is the 2018 version. So he had the language ready, And so he somehow got involved and figured out you know, on the ICC website how to submit a change proposal. And so he did that in time, and that had to be done by January of 2016. So New York State hadn't even used the 2015 ICC. He had just seen it in language through the amendment process, and so he submitted the change. And he was also not well-versed in code development. He might have been, there's probably other people in our company that did code development work, but that was his first uh, experience with it.
1: Okay, cool, and that and and so, uh, long story short, that did not go through. So then he passed the torch to you for this next round of code amendments. Is that
0: sort of? And okay. so what happened was there's three stages to the code development process. So... Okay,
1: so let's talk. Let's talk. Yeah. You had three. So this past round. So this is, it's 2020 now. So in 2019 or 20, yeah, in 2019 you or people you were working with submitted amendments went to several hearings or meetings about those amendments and then there was ultimately some voting which which we'll get into yes. but was it so was it was the, is the whole process like in 12 to 16 months
0: basically it's a very okay. rapid fire and so the story of some of those amendments actually starts with Sean's proposal okay. so he initially submitted that proposal right. air leakage testing in 2016, right? So okay. every code cycle, it'll always start with a, a proposal. And you're right, I, we submitted a couple amendments. He had submitted one. But what happened was, is he, he moved to Australia. <laughs> so he missed two key parts of the process. So after you submit a proposal, there's a, a committee action hearing, and we'll talk about that. And then there's also a public comment hearing. So because he missed those very critical rounds, I, he wrote, he wrote me into it at the public comment hearing level. And so I tried and failed uh, because I knew nothing about what the cycle was, but I gained a lot of experience from that experience at that codes and the public comment hearings. Learned who the players were, uh, tried to defend a proposal in front of a lot of people, and learned who my opposition was. <laughs> so I learned it. I learned it all the hard way. And yeah. so then, fast forward to three years later, I knew. I knew, what the pro- I knew a little bit more about the process than I did back in 2016. Um, and so I used that, and I, or I knew what the dates were. You know, I knew how to p- propose something by 2019 for the 2021 ICC. So none of our states are using the 2018 ICC. I didn't know a year and a half ago who to reach out to to collaborate to propose something and submit it by January of 2019.
1: Okay. Okay. So you were involved with three. Three amendments, right? Yes. And we had talked a little bit before. It might make sense to focus on the simplest amendment.
0: Sure.
1: First, which was what? What what was the simplest amendment? The simplest one
0: to show you how it goes through the process is one, um, I wanted to submit a change for multifamily buildings that are subject to the commercial code. People in the past have tried to get proposals in for multifamily because they get... Cut at the three-story height. You know, three stories and less is residential. Four stories and up is commercial.
1: So you could have a three-story multifamily building that has to completely different with, rules, right.
0: right? And so Add one
1: more story, even though they're exact same apartments, exact same construction type, entirely different exactly, codes or very different, different
0: requirements. And so people have tried and failed in the past to provide some kind of unified path forward for code compliance for multifamily. So I thought of a simple one. So I submitted, and basically there's a code compliance path for low-rise multifamily called the ERI path, which is Energy Rating Index. Okay. And so it's not very popular, but some people could choose to use it. And because recent changes had allowed it to be used for multifamily high-rise buildings, I said, why don't I propose it as a code compliance option for high-rise multifamily that are subject to commercial code? And so I submitted that. as a so, very simple change.
1: So the ERI, it's, it's kind of like the uh, HERS index, but the non-
0: Non-proprietary version of oh, a HERS okay. index,
1: and, and so, so you can prove that you comply with for residential buildings with by getting a HERS rating or getting an
0: ERI. Yes, value. for code compliance okay. since 2015, there's okay. been an ERI path. Most people will do a prescriptive code compliance use a RES check. Great. There's also a simulated performance path, and then they had introduced in 2015 this ERI Energy Rating Index path.
1: Okay, um, I think so you had said it was existing for high rise, but it was actually existing for residential, and low-rise, and you propose to make it an option for high-rise? Correct. Okay, okay, nice.
0: And so because that uh, had changed relatively recently, that you could do an ERI on an apartment in a multifamily high-rise building, that's a relatively new change. That's why it was limited before, when they introduced it in the 2015 ICC, it was limited to residential, low-rise, multifamily, below three okay. stories and below. It okay. was limited to them from the beginning. gotcha. And so because I knew it had changed, uh, I introduced a, a sentence in the commercial provisions.
1: So, so wait a minute. When you say you knew it had changed, you mean like you couldn't even get an ERI in, a hi, in an apartment in a high-rise building? Correct. That, okay, okay, Correct. Okay, yeah. okay, so, okay. I didn't follow you there. Yep, so so if, yep. even pre-code, just the whole ERI concept, you couldn't apply it to a high-rise building?
0: Absolutely. So the and e- then
1: now you can?
0: Exactly. Okay. And so that I mean, that was a process that took some time. Um, but yeah, historically, you weren't able to do the ERI except for units in buildings that are three stories and less. So okay. when that change came about, and I was aware of that, um, I introduced it as a possible option if a commercial multifamily building now that this ERI was now available, uh, due to recent changes in that standard. Um, I wanted to say they could choose it as their code compliance path. So it was just going to be an option. And so I figured I would throw it in there, and I knew I'd failed in the previous code cycle, but I figured this would draw out the opposition, so I'd hear what they didn't like about it. And so it was a simple proposal. It went in. I also failed to attend the committee action hearing for this particular proposal. Okay, okay.
1: so back up. So you submitted this. So this was trying to get it into the 2021 code. Yes. You submitted the proposal in... January. January of twenty nineteen. Yes. Okay. So you submitted the proposal. And then
0: then what happens? And then what happens is the committee action hearing. And okay. so this is part of every code cycle. So once you put in a proposal, there's hundreds and hundreds of proposals. You don't know who's gonna propose something similar to what you proposed, who's gonna contradict you, you don't know what sections it's it's just the wild, wild west, it's all unknown. Okay, um, and, and there's so they hundreds print That's hundreds, hundreds. And this is just,
1: just the IACC.
0: I-E-C-C. if we're talking about all the other codes I'm not even involved okay. in that oh my god um, and so they print a you know there's you can access all the proposals so you know what else is being proposed in similar sections and you can find out who they are who the people are that propose them but you go to the committee action hearing and this is where you defend your proposal and so in this simple example of this this one of my proposals um, I wasn't I didn't stay on for the committee action uh, who's, hearing who's on the this. committee? Is so that- the committee. So there's so the commercial provisions and the residential provisions. So there's two sections of the IECC. So they have a residential committee okay. had about 11 people on that um, that committee, and then the commercial committee was about 14 people. I don't know how they picked those members. Again, I'm not this, I'm not the expert okay. in co-development, but um, they have a list of members that are okay. on the residential side, and then a different group for commercial. So it's a long process. It was over 10 days of testimony when people because there's hundreds and hundreds of proposals and it's a it's a very long amount of time to get everyone the opportunity to speak. Um, so you don't know what what day you're going to speak necessarily. and so I couldn't stay for 10 days in a row to wait for my commercial proposal to be heard. Oh my God And so I left. And so I, I listened to the testimony. it was 30 minutes so people get up and you know I had, there's lots of opposition. I had a couple of people speak in my defense. Um, but anyways, it failed. the committee was not. You know, there wasn't enough um, testimony in support of my proposal. I think if I'd been there, I probably could have um, argued against the opposition pretty effectively, but I okay. wasn't there. Okay. And so basically, it fails. And so, for a proposal to fail, uh, the next option is so to. So, is this a,
1: majority, a simple majority from the committee?
0: Simple majority from the
1: committee.
0: Okay. And, and who, who's on the committee? I actually don't know. Okay. Um, it's a it's a mix of people. There's definitely a few faces that I recognize. There's usually um, it, they try to keep it balanced, so between like um, building industry and then energy advocates. I think there's a, a mix of people that they have to keep on the committee. So here's
1: a question: Since your proposal was to treat high-rise residential units as residential units, that was the commercial committee that had to hear that or was it the residential committee that had to the hear The
0: commercial that? committee had to hear it because okay. I propose the words uh, you basically have to propose specific words for, for the, the ICC okay. and that's it those are the words that will get used if, it get, if it's successful nobody else goes back and wordsmiths your language like oh. this is it so, so like
1: typos and stuff are.
0: Typos. If you see typos in the code, that's because that's what happens. It's not that the ICC goes back and says, "Oh, what they meant to say was this." Now it's that's it. You get one <laughs> shot at it. <laughs> All right. And so because they didn't like, you know, but they outlined they have to give um, rationale for the reason for rejecting it. And okay. so for this particular one, they weren't confident that the the expansion of scope of the energy rating index was warranted to go to high rise. They were concerned about central systems in multifamily high rise buildings. They had a couple. You know, good reasons for wanting um, to have heard more or understood more. But the problem was, I wasn't there to give them all the answers. Okay. And so the next step, if you aren't going to admit defeat, is to submit a public comment. And so once they announce that the committee has made all their their um decisions okay so they they print out all the results and you can decide i want to submit a public comment and there's a deadline i think it was in early uh june or july so you have to submit a public comment to de- to to bring your proposal back to give it a second chat okay and so that happens at a public comment hearing in october
1: okay so yeah a few weeks or months after the first meeting which is called the, the
0: committee action hearing
1: committee action hearing they, they publish their decisions, and it's basically either thumbs up or thumbs down.
0: Yep. Simple majority
1: of the committee. Yep,
0: and the document will show exactly how many committee members will be like, you know, 14 to 0 or 13 to 1. You'll see the okay. number of committee members who voted for and against, and they have to give you some kind of summary statement Rationale. of why, you know, it doesn't wrap up the entire conversation. You know, the testimony for this one was 30 minutes. So they just have to give a, a sentence or two about why they, they didn't like it. Okay,
1: so... Then you there, but you're not done. You can do you could then you can submit a, a a
0: public comment. Okay. And so the public comment, uh, anyone, can submit, anyone, can, anyone can submit. Anyone okay. anyone can submit a public comment. And so for this particular one, I was the original proponent of the change proposal. I'm submitting a public comment. I did two of them actually. I did one just in support of my original one because I thought it was a good, sound proposal. I just wasn't there in person to defend it. And so you submit it online with a reason statement of why you think it should be heard again. And so I did one like that. And then the second one I did was to actually uh, broker a compromise. You know, I'd heard loud and clear from the testimony why they didn't like it. So I said, okay, I hear you. I'm not, I, there's uh, qualms about central systems. So I limited the scope of the language in the, in the proposal to say you can use this, but not if you have central systems.
1: So only if the heating, cooling, water heating... Was all in-unit
0: systems. It seemed like what I heard from the testimony from the committee action hearing was that was kind of like the really point of contention. And I thought, you know, all right, I can meet them halfway, I'll propose two. And so the reason to propose two is then it gets on the public comment hearing agenda. If you don't submit anything, you never get a chance to defend it again at the public comment. So if I'd missed that, um, it would just be dead in the water. And so you have to make sure that you submit a public comment um, the The hurdle is much higher. It's uh, we'll get to voting probably at some point in this conversation, but um, usually it is just a fifty percent simple majority vote to to disagree with anybody's proposal, so it's very hard, uh, or it's very easy. So so to so, hang, so hang on. Changes. So
1: everybody, yeah. anybody, and everybody can submit a public comment. anyone and anyone. probably most people who have their proposed amendment rejected will come back and submit Absolutely. a public comment. Yep. Yep. Okay. So they submit a public comment and then there's this next meeting, which is a public comment hearing, public
0: comment hearing. A
1: public comment hearing. Yep. I should be able to remember that name, but I won't. So <laughs> the public comment hearing, which was, which was when in 2019?
0: So in 20, it's usually in October. Okay. And so the committee, I'm not sure if I said that the committee action hearings usually like in April, May. Okay. okay. And then the public comment one is usually in October.
1: All right. So you went out to Vegas, was it?
0: This one, this year was in Las Vegas.
1: Okay. So then, is this another 10-day or plus it's a little ordeal? Sh- the,
0: the window's a little shorter um, because there's not as many proposals on the public comment agenda. So in the committee action hearing, everybody's proposals are being heard. Um, and it's just the committee of 11 people on the residential, and it was 14 on, committee, on the commercial one. Um, everyone gets heard. But everyone only gets two minutes to speak in favor and then one minute opposition, but it's all the proposals. On the public comment hearing agenda, the, it's it's less, right? So if, if the original proposal was well liked by the committee and they said thumbs up and nobody submits a public comment, that's not on the public comment agenda. So we've whittled down the okay. number of proposals that are going to be heard.
1: I see. So it's both ways. They, they turn proposals down and then people who actually want them submit a comment or they give the proposals a thumbs up and people who don't like them will submit Absolutely. a comment. Okay, so it's yes. both, all right.
0: You'll, yep, exactly.
1: So so then what's that like? You Are are you out there, like, do you at least have an idea of when, you're, when your amendment is going to be heard?
0: What? You, it, not a very clear idea. They give you a schedule and so they try and stick to it. And so some days you'd be there from 8 a.m. and they'd say, we're going to go until 7, but then you'd be there and they're like, we're not making enough progress so we have to get you have to go through it a lot faster so you could be up you could be there till 10 o'clock at night so i know you know some people you just have to book a one-way ticket because you don't know there was definitely times where i thought my proposal might not get heard before i have to leave and so it is a little oh my god it is very hard yeah
1: do you know it like is there an order like there's There's, four thousand comments you're 2782 or or whatever yeah you know well, so the they, they, they do
0: print the agenda, the okay. hearing order. Okay. And so what happens is at the beginning of the public comment hearing, people can make a motion to reorder certain proposals and regroup them and things like that. But it has to be sustained by the voting members. So some people will just see that, you know, theirs is getting moved ahead or behind to somebody and they'll reject it for that reason. Um, so, yeah, you definitely need to be present when certain things like that happen. Um, but yeah oh you can God. change the order around. It, it is a lot
1: wow so wait so the, the the is it the same 11 or 14 people
0: ah no in? good question that's oh. different it's totally different so the committee action hearing right so you're standing in front this is the first meeting the first meeting in April right so you have this great proposal it's a great idea you're defending it against um, the opposition anybody who can talk against you but you're only trying to convince the, the people on the committee so okay. there's 11 or so people on the residential 14 on, on commercial all right in the public comment hearing, it's completely different. You're not trying to convince a committee. You're trying to actually com- uh, convince voting members, and we haven't talked about voting members yet. So, voting members are people like um, government and state officials. It could be from like your local uh, department of buildings. Every 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 jurisdiction, all these authorities having jurisdictions, they have these voting members that go to the public comment hearing because they're basically there to see which proposals are probably going to make it into the next round of the model code. Oh wow. And so whether they like it or not, whether they're going to have to have all this extra work the next time the model code gets adopted by their state or if they're going to have to change it. So they have a vested interest to be there, and they get to vote. So they get to hear it firsthand um, from anyone who had a proposal to see if they actually support it. So, and so there, that's who you're trying to convince.
1: There must be thousands of these voters.
0: You would think so. In the, in, in, in the country. In the country. Yes.
1: But then any of those thousands can come to this meeting yes. in Las Vegas this yes. time. Yes, but guess
0: how many were there actually voting? I mean, like we just said, like there's so many days on end that you have to commit to being here.
1: One hundred
0: and twelve. For certain, for certain codes, like so, there's the IRC, <laughs> you know, the International Residential sure. Code. There's a All building right. code, mechanical code. So when they got down to the. I-E-C-C, the residential provision. Some of the votes were only a total of 60 voters. Okay, all right. So it's not a lot of people. So
1: so this, uh, so, God, I didn't understand this. So this second round of meetings, the, yeah. the public comment hearing, yeah. there are thousands of potential voters, right? Re- Yep. tens of that tens thousands probably thousands anyway yeah,
0: definitely thousands but they're the only ones that can vote
1: are the ones that actually make the trip That
0: actually make the trip to okay. wherever the the uh, hearing is and This oh year is in Vegas and if if they're in the room at the time that the proposal is heard so it, it, there was a lot of ebb and flow of like how many people were in the room so you could you know they could break for dinner uh. and your proposal could be the next one up <laughs> and here you are in Las Vegas people don't come back after dinner and so all of a sudden there's only 11 voters <laughs> when your proposal is heard and it fails because there's just not enough people. Or the people that you knew were gonna vote your way are gone now.
1: Okay. So all right. So anyways, you have eleven to twenty Eight, twenty yeah, thousand voters yeah. <laughs> in the room. And and you have what you, so your amendment is called, number twenty-seven eighty-four, yep. whatever. And yep. you come so you come up and and so you will um Explain your public comment or yep. explain your
0: so if, so, we go, yeah. so
1: if we go back to this example. Yes. Okay. So what what happened with this so example? So we'll
0: go with this example. So this first example, right? So first of all the committee hated it, right? So it got denied 14 to 0 in April. So okay. it was so the the motion on the floor. So this all lots of wording that I was not familiar with before. The motion on the floor is the committee disapproved it. Okay. Right? So basically the first motion on the floor in Vegas at the public comment hearing is to sustain this. This move, this disapproval vote that the committee had. Okay. So they say, so you know, who Robert, wants to speak? Yeah. This is all Robert's yes, rules. Yeah. Exactly. It. Okay. So who wants to speak in favor of the committee's motion for disapproval? So all the same people that hated it before get up and speak again, but this time I'm there. And so I also have some other people that did like the proposal who had spoken on on behalf of it when I wasn't there. And so we all line up and we speak in favor of it. So it's a two-step process at the public comment hearing. If the committee already said they did not like it, you have to convince enough people, it's a simple majority of the voting members, to at least allow you... To present your public comment. So you stand. So you have to be up. convincing twice. Okay.
1: So you stand up and say, I I I make a motion to explain the rationale for this amendment, or or in this case, the modifications I've made to the amendment.
0: Yes. Yeah. So basically but- that first that first step is like they all say all the things they hated about it. You get up and say, no, it was really good, and we really want to convince you guys to let us talk about the public comment. The first motion is to let them you had to convince them to say the public comment is worth hearing. Okay. And so we, we cleared that bar. We, we told them, you know, we have two good public comments. Just give us a chance. And so we had the, we got the simple majority to say, all right, we'll give them a chance to, to, to explain the public comment. So then public comment comes out and I had two options, right? I was just the same one I'd proposed before. And then the one where I said, you know, uh, here's a compromise. The, the commercial, Uh, Committee on this, didn't like it because it was too broad in scope, had central systems. So I have a public comment that's very limited. And so when I defended that one, that got, you know, 80% of the vote in the room.
1: Ah, okay. The compromise did.
0: The compromise did. Okay. And so that became the standing motion. Instead of disapproval, um, the public comment hearing results would say that that was as modified by public comment. That becomes the result from this public comment hearing was that Instead of disapproval, we want to go through with this proposal, but as modified by a public comment.
1: Okay. So, were the initial committee members there also?
0: Yes. So a lot of the original committee members were there. They are. Some of them are still voting members, and so they might have been there voting. Uh, I know I spoke to a couple of them to, you know, get their firsthand um, input on why they liked it or why they didn't like it. Um, So yeah, they're voting. They're also voting members.
1: Okay. Cool. So, did anybody come, uh, stand up and speak against it? Oh yeah. Okay.
0: Pretty much the same people from the committee action hearing, um, which you
1: had, you which you weren't there for.
0: Which I wasn't there for, but I watched okay. the video, so I knew who they were, oh, and God, I wrote they down. Had the,
1: they have the video. Of yes, this there's video of all thing. of this. Oh all of, there's a lot of video. So we'll will make sure to put the link to that yes. in the show notes <laughs> for everybody who can't wait to it's watch. Thrilling. Two weeks of code hearings.
0: <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, and also the committee action hearing. You can watch all of it.
1: <laughs> okay. So <laughs> all so, right. It, so, so it in, Yeah. What was the what were the arguments? Yeah, I don't we don't want to get into the yeah, details. Yeah, we don't want to get into the details. Okay, yeah. all right. We yep. won't get into the details. Okay.
0: Yep. We'll just leave it at I was convincing enough okay. that it, w- it was worth the vote of the people in the room, and they agreed.
1: Okay, very good. Then it came step. out of Vegas at the committee. The act- public
0: comment hearing. <laughs>
1: After the public comment hearings, then all of these hundreds of proposals go to all of those thousands of voting members across the country. Is that right?
0: Well, you basically, you do have to get into the system. You have to, like, there's a deadline. I'm not a voter. So the online voters, they call them the governmental member voters or something like that. So only certain people can vote. Like the people in the public comment hearing. You know, they had to vote because they were like a local official and they were there. So those are the same kinds of people that can vote online. So there's this online okay. vote that happens in like November or December. Um, and so at that point, uh, you ha- there was some deadline where you had to register. It's just like voter registration. You had to make sure you registered to vote in time. Okay. And if you did, then you can participate in the online vote. And you don't have to vote for every single proposal. You can go in and cherry pick the ones you want to vote for. Um, but when you go and do your vote... Um, they'll give you the whole history. So the, the original proposal is there. You'll have the voting results from the original committee. You'll see that, like in my example, that they disapproved it. Okay. You'll see that in the public comment round, they, you know, the, the committee was overturned and the public comment decided that they liked the public comment. And so the voter will get to see all that. They'll get to see the numbers. They'll see the original language. They'll see the modified language, and they can make a decision. Okay. And so that's the final vote.
1: And how many people, I, I think you said that there were way more votes, way more possible voters actually voted this year. Is that right? How, how did the online vote work for this? For this.
0: So this one was a little bit different than the, again, I'm not an expert on this, but the f- the first year that I was involved in 2016, when you did the public comment hearing... All those votes were just taken by a wave of hands, and so there was no electronic voting. Okay. And so, in this code cycle, when we were in Las Vegas, all the voters had these electronic gizmos, and they ah. were doing their voting electronically. Okay. And so, all those votes automatically transferred into the online system. Oh, and so, you know, okay. instead of starting at zero votes, so like in the first, the first one I was involved in back in 2016, when I got to the online vote, the one that happened in like November, December. There's zero votes for any proposals. You start from scratch. But this year, you at least start with the 50 or 60 people that voted while they're in Las Vegas.
1: Okay, all right. I don't,
0: and they don't have. They have not really, as as you know, we're talking about this podcast right now. They have not yet released the final vote tallies for the 2021 ICC. So I don't know how many people totally voted. I just know at least they all the public comment votes automatically counted.
1: Wait, but but the fi- the online voting happened.
0: The online voting happened
1: in like late in twenty nineteen.
0: Yes, so like November December, it wrapped up. Um, they just haven't released the final. Voting tallies. They have preliminary results out, so we kind of have an idea if everything goes smoothly. I think they just have to go back. There's like a a process. Again, I'm not familiar, but there's a process where they go back. So and you check know the preliminary
1: votes. numbers, but it has to be like yeah. certified or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So, so we what were those. the preliminary numbers?
0: Uh, so for at least my this proposal that we've been talking yes. about, it's approved. Okay. So it'll go through.
1: By a good margin.
0: Uh, I don't know. Right. Those oh, are, they didn't tell you. They you just told to you yes, preliminary preliminary results. Thumbs up, results, thumbs down. Exactly.
1: So all these online voters, because it got there's like not just a simple majority. So because it got approved at the public comment hearing, yeah, uh, it the
0: Oh yeah, we've talked about this before. Does it only need a
1: simple majority of yeah. all the voters to approve it?
0: <laughs> so this is where it gets complicated, right? So
1: oh, this is where it gets
0: complicated.
1: <laughs> nice.
0: Okay. So, so the voting is it's very it's a very low bar to reject. Any code change proposal, which is why it's generally very hard to get a change through. So the voting body, if if over fifty if over fifty percent of people don't like something, it just gets denied. So the one that I had, it got rejected by the first committee. So at the public comment hearing, it didn't need a simple majority; it needed the two thirds majority to get it through. And then once it gets the online vote, it still needs the two thirds to sustain it.
1: Oh, it's so still so ev- okay. So, because that initial committee meeting yep. d- turned it down, yes, each of the subsequent stages needs a two-thirds majority, yes. to approve it.
0: Yeah. So the bar gets raised higher uh, because you've already—that's th- what the purpose of that committee action hearing. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: But so then, initial—the initial tally looks like you got two-thirds. Yes. Okay. And we'll know the final results. I
0: have no idea uh, when. Maybe okay. by the time the podcast is aired, we'll have it in the show notes. <laughs> we are waiting.
1: All right. We'll, yep. We will update the show notes. Yep. I'm sure everybody but will is bookmark definitely, it and yeah. come back to it regularly. It looks
0: like on the preliminary results, it's going to be one of the most efficient uh, code cycles yet, if it goes through with all the preliminary results.
1: What do you mean the most efficient code
0: cycles um, A lot of energy efficient proposals got approved Oh, okay. this cycle. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay, should we talk about one of your other ones? Sure. That, now that we have the, the simplest one <laughs> laid out.
0: Sorry, that didn't go through very simply, did it? Um, <laughs> well, it's it's
1: it's a kind of a Byzantine process, but.
0: So but another got, one. Gotta, um, so we did. So that was that was supposed to be my simple example. Um, the other two I was part of were air leakage, air leakage tests. Okay. And so that's how I got roped into this back in 2016. And because I failed at it, I knew I wanted to try again. And because I knew who the opposition was and I knew what they didn't like about it, I spent you know, basically 2018 corralling those people and saying, what didn't you like about it? Can we work together instead of being on opposite sides of the aisle? Can we be okay. on the same team, co-proponents of a proposal for air leakage testing on the okay. residential side? And so we did. So we worked together. Uh, um, and we
1: probably shouldn't name any of these people or...
0: Uh, maybe not. I don't know. Um, but definitely I just, I don't want to take credit for it, but I mean, I guess I didn't ask permission to mention them, but, um, a group of us worked together to get the air leakage test, uh, metric changed. And so it was very similar to what Sean had proposed for New York back in 2015. Um, and so we worked together and at the committee action hearing, it was very well supported by the residential committee. Um, and so there were, in this case, it was supported by the committee. Okay. Um, we weren't, so you don't want to touch those. So basically we haven't talked about this yet, but if it's supported by the committee and nobody submits a public comment against it, then it goes on something called the consent agenda.
1: Okay. And so
0: ba- basically that's just a shoe in to be part of the next code cycle. Uh, and so we had this, we had this winning proposal on the air leakage tests. All right. We We're very excited about it. There were two public comments against it. And so we worked with those two public commenters to ask them, you know, what is wrong with our proposal? How can we work together before this gets to the public comment debate in Las Vegas? And so in working with them up until, you know, the public comment hearing was at the end of October. I think up until like the middle of October, I was still working with them to say, is there a compromise we can work out? Oh, wow. And so we did. And we worked out a compromise. So
1: briefly, what was this? This was to do, this was about air leakage testing and multifamily
0: Buildings and, yes, and again, this is this particular one, I had two, one okay. was for residential buildings and one was for commercial. So when I say residential, it's low rise multifamily, three stories and less. So it was an air leakage testing. So since 2012 ICC, the residential uh, buildings have had to test to either uh, three air changes per hour at 50 pascals or five air changes at 50 pascals. And that's based on climate zones. So the warmer climate zones have the five and the colder climate zones have the three. You can do this for a single family home, but it's the same metric for apartments or attached townhouses. You know, the metric never changed and it's a volume based metric and you can test it at the building level or you can test it for individual apartments. There's no distinction. And so for all the states that have adopted the 2012 or the 2015 ICC, they struggled with that metric um, because there's a lot of leakage between attached units. And okay. so the workaround, because maybe their state didn't amend the code. A lot of states did amend the code to make you know the three aCH fifty a higher number or something more easy to comply with.
1: So I guess so. I guess from our standpoint, let me back up. So yeah. so you, you, when you do, when you're certifying a building for code compliance or whatever, yeah. you take a blow door, you stick it in the door to that apartment. Yeah. You depressurize that apartment and only that apartment, and you need three or five ACH-50. Yep. Yes. Some of that leakage comes from outside, but plenty of it comes from neighboring apartments exactly. up and down. Exactly. So I guess our our take is, you know, compartmentalization is good. You know, yes. air leakage between apartments is bad if your neighbor yep. smokes or, you know, for indoor air quality reasons. Yep. Okay, so so from an, I guess, from an energy standpoint, yeah, maybe, you know, outdoor air is the biggest culprit yep. from an energy standpoint, but for yep. IAQ reasons. And that's mm-hmm. why we're kind of like, no, let just come, just, just test each apartment. Is that
0: yeah? Well, basically, the, the well the rationale was um, there were a lot of opposition that were stating very similar things that air between apartment uh, that doesn't reflect an energy penalty. Why are we talking about this? You know, you you want this for indoor air quality, and so I learned enough about codes that the way around that argument was that the codes already allow compartmentalization testing. So the code already said you can test an apartment. Individually to meet that requirement of the three or the five ACH50. So I wasn't actually introducing a new concept. It or, it already had compartmentalization testing. It already allowed you to test and include air from a neighboring apartment to meet the compliance. So luckily for me, I could I could stand up to that opposition comment by stating that because that was true. I wasn't introducing some new testing approach. All we were trying to do is say, Let's let's continue to test the way code has allowed these buildings to test, but let's give them a different metric. And so the different metric, instead of the ACH50, was a surface area-based metric. So we use, it's 0.3 CFM at 50 pascals per square foot of the enclosure of the apartment. It's a metric. Energy Star is used. Lead is used. Okay. ASHRAE 62.2 is used. And so that's the one that Sean helped get into the New York State code back in 2016.
1: Okay. So for a single-family home, it's kind of all external, but for an apartment... It's some party yep. walls, it's some, yeah, okay. Yeah, gotcha.
0: and so we got that, um, so we limited the scope of it, and so that was part of that compromise. We limited the scope of it to multifamily buildings and very small single-family homes, so it wasn't going to be a metric that was going to be allowed for all single-family homes. Okay. And so that was, the, that was the proposal, and so because it was approved by the committee, the committee definitely likes options. Builders have been struggling with how to, meet the current test metric, this three and 5 ach ASH-50. They're always looking for workarounds and guarded tests and other approaches to to comply with the standard. And so they liked this approach because it gave the builder an option, a new metric that maybe they won't have to resort to a more expensive test procedure to comply. And so they liked it. And so because we dealt with the public comments and they agreed to withdraw their public comment. And so in doing so, it came off the public comment agenda, which saved right, it. Oh, hang
1: on, back up. You lost me again. Okay. So, so this proposal, where which would allow to certify a multifamily, low-rise multifamily building, you could test apartment by apartment. Is that right? Per CFM per square foot of
0: right. You could already test apartment to apartment. That didn't change. We were just changing the metric to this this new one.
1: Okay, the CFM per square foot of exactly. enclosure area. Exactly. So two per two. People submitted public comments against it after it was approved by the committee. Correct. But then you talked to those two people. Yes. And got them to withdraw their objections. Correct. So then what happens?
0: So by doing that, it saves the proposal. So the proposal now doesn't get debated at the public comment hearing. So if Uh. it's not being debated at the public comment hearing, it goes on something called the consent agenda. And the consent agenda basically okay. skips the public comment hearing. And so all the online vote sees is that it's just as submitted. So that's basically going to go in as as submitted. That's the, if the committee said we like this as submitted, it skips the public comment hearing. It's basically going to go into the 2021 ICC as it was. So that's, okay. that's the holy grail right there. That's what you want. You want to go with a winning submission at the committee action hearing. Get it as submitted and have zero public comments. So,
1: so you didn't have to in Vegas. You didn't have to talk no, about this at all. No, thank goodness.
0: No. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, so you, all right. And again, this was like a week leading up to it, and so you know.
1: So, what were there? Were there objections? Like you didn't you didn't change anything? Did you? No. Just, did they misunderstand or did well, you talk was two. them into? there two. Yeah.
0: So no, one was just um, wordsmithing part of the definition that we had for enclosure area. They preferred. Oh, so wait,
1: did you did you change something then?
0: No, we did not change oh. something. We told them, like, we, we think, you know, we hear you. Um, we think maybe we could change this in, this, in another code cycle. Oh, um, wow. And so they agreed that the language— I mean, so some things like that aren't worth changing. And wh- the way we explained it to them is, you know, if we do change this, because, you know, we agree with you that the wording could be better, the problem we face is now when we go to a public comment hearing, instead of just being a simple majority, like this just skates through to the 2021 ICC— okay. Now you've raised the bar to convincing two-thirds of the people okay. that now we need this standard. So is the change that you want so valuable that you'd re- you'd sacrifice this whole thing just being shot and not making it at all?
1: So they just wanted
0: to tweak it? They just wanted to tweak it. Okay. And so we said, we hear you, but I think we could work together on the next code cycle to fine-tune that language. But the the substance of it is so important that we're hoping that You'll withdraw the comment so we can actually get this metric into the into the code, and then wordsmith the fine details of it was just the definition of a closure area. Okay. And the other nice. one was also the other one was a little bit more complicated. Again, like I said, when people submit proposals, you don't know who are all the groups that are getting together to submit proposals on the same section, and so there's a bunch of people submitting stuff on air leakage tests because this has been a struggle for so long for multifamily builders. And so it was just, it was kind of a conflict with something that they were trying to do, and so we kind of negotiated a way where they withdrew their public comment, and we had a public comment on theirs, and so we kind of worked out a deal that, you know, we overlaid all our our proposals together, and we realized, you know, there's a solution here that works, and so that's kind of, you know, they agreed to withdraw their public comment on theirs, on ours, and we agreed to withdraw a public comment on theirs. All right. (laughs) I know it's complicated, yes, but no, that's the thing. It's all about conversations and just work. At the end of the day, it comes down to, you know, a lot of us just want the same thing, but we're kind of going at it the wrong way. Like you don't know what your opposition, you don't have a chance to have these conversations with people before you submit the proposal. You don't know who those people are. So once you do know who they are, you work together and figure out what, you know, the objections are. Um, and then you can get like a compromise proposal through
1: but but do you have any well you do I know I know I I, I remember a little bit what the third example is but you do have people who are just hmm, intransigent is the word that's coming to mind but that may be a little harsh just really opposed to codes requiring more and more of builders and developers they're. Certainly, are people yep. who just want. There's
0: definitely two factions that are yeah. usually represented at these hearings, and people that are kind of resistant to change, and people who are saying we we're not changing fast enough. So okay. those are kind of dueling factions that are always out there, and so some of my proposals, you know, I'm not there. I'm only there for a couple things. You know, I was there for this energy rating index thing. I was there for air leakage tests. Some of these other folks are there for the long haul. They have right. proposals invested in every section of the code. Um,
1: so, yeah. so so, it still goes out to all the thousands of voters around the country for the online vote, yep. but for this air leakage testing proposal, it only needs a simple majority because it the objections to the committee got withdrawn.
0: Right, and so okay. it doesn't even need anything at the online vote. It, it was oh, it doesn't It's need, called the it doesn't, consent agenda. Oh,
1: so it doesn't even go to online voters at all.
0: Right, it's just on the consent oh, agenda. Oh,
1: so it's just code. Yes. It will be. Co- so yes. that you know for sure. You know, you, you know no I preliminary. I so. Res- Again, I'm
0: not a super duper <laughs> expert on this. But the way I understand it okay. is that the holy grail is to get something on the consent okay. agenda. And the consent agenda basically is the committee action, like the committee hearing. They approved it. Nobody put a public comment against it. So there's no other reason to debate at the public comment. So when you get to the, so they, they hold a consent. There's a, a motion at the beginning of the public comment hearing. And it's something about the consent agenda and all the proposals. There's hundreds that were liked by the committee. So it's just one fell swoop motion. Like, I all see. these approved? Yes. Something like that. Okay. And so that's at the true. online vote, maybe they do it again. But I think it's another just motion. Like, yes, obviously, we're going to check this all the way through. Because I'm, okay. I'm not an online voter. None. People like us right. can't be online you don't voters. You not see the ballot. Yeah. So I don't exactly know what it looks like. But basically, my understanding is that is what you want. That's, okay. that's the goal. Okay. And so I didn't have to clear another fifty percent. That was that was just it. that was why it was so important to have that discussion with the two public commenters to say, do you really want to have your public comment go through and raise the the bar on this, or do you actually like the the substance of this change enough to say, all right, we can figure this out? And they did. Okay. And so the other the other proposal I had is that same metric. Number three. Number three. So okay. this was, you know, that's if it's good for low-rise multifamily, why can't it be good for high-rise multifamily? And so in um, the commercial code, they also have an air leakage section. It's just not mandatory. And so for me, it's an optional test. And so optional test means nobody tests it. And so for a couple code cycles, they had also tried to get a mandatory air leakage test to be part of the commercial code. So residential code has been doing this since 2012 commercial Commercials just had this optional visual inspection. Okay. And so I was approached and asked, you know, can you submit this proposal? We've got a technical brief on this. Um, can you submit one? And I said, sure. And so basically, they had three overlapping proposals. Um, what happens is sometimes if somebody doesn't like one aspect of your proposal, it's dead in the water, even if they like everything else, right? They're going to nitpick about that one particular aspect. And even if all the rest of the good stuff they support, it, they can't support it because it's one aspect. So the the approach was to split this air leakage test proposal into three pieces, and the one I was involved in was for multifamily, and so it was going to require air leakage tests for multifamily buildings, and they wanted to do the same metric that we had. Successfully gotten in low rise, or they anticipated. They didn't know at that time. They anticipated we okay. would. So the same metric, the same point three cfm, fifty pascals test the apartments. Okay. Um, so that was one that actually was also submitted by the commercial committee that heard it in um, in April. That was in Albuquerque. So that was um, voted as submitted. And then it did have a couple public comments that so were that not so. That was
1: approved. It was approved. Okay.
0: So the committee liked it. They okay. did think um, that it was a good time to change. And I yeah. don't remember the, the makeup of that committee, but they did, you know, they supported this air leakage test okay. becoming mandatory. Um, again, I wasn't there, so I don't remember all the tests. I didn't watch the video for that one. Um, but in the public comment hearing, there were two or three folks that submitted public comments because they didn't want to do air leakage tests in these multifamily buildings. It's expensive, things now, like that. It was
1: multifamily or all, any commercial buildings? So thought- sp-
0: They had split it into three okay. because they thought if multifamily got through, but the other ones didn't, at least multifamily got through. And then if, they, if the, the other one, which I didn't submit... That was for non multifamily. So the other commercial buildings under commercial code.
1: Didn't I remember you mentioning you testifying on the like. There was a certain big box store that had some very yes, strong objections. They had too. strong
0: objections, even though they have a giant web page debated to how sustainable they are for their consumers. But they were out there against doing air leakage testing because they did not want to spend an extra $20,000 on a test. All right. Okay. So, yeah, so in that case, very similar. The committee liked it. The committee liked it when I had a residential proposal. On the commercial proposal, the committee liked it. This time there's three public comments, but we didn't work we tried to have conversations with them to say, you know, do you really want to oppose this? Like, how about, you know, could you meet us halfway? And so those conversations weren't, you know, they didn't go anywhere. anywhere. Okay. And so that's why we were faced with um, debating them on the floor in Las Vegas. Okay, okay. And so we did. And so you you And we
1: being you and other
0: other co proponents, other like minded individuals, people that, you know, come out of the woodwork when you're at the at the hearings, you're like, Oh yeah, we're
1: so who you know, gets to talk like you are the you do you get to talk because you are the initial proponent, proponent of the amendment?
0: Yeah, anyone anyone who can anyone can talk anyone, a, anyone can talk with no qualifications, no credential, nothing. You don't have to. So you, this you is Las Vegas. You have people lo- You can have strip. anyone. Well, maybe not. They <laughs> <laughs> Again, these are code hearings. It's not super exciting. Um, so there were, so, you know, code <laughs> <hearings>. <laughs> or the code hearings, and so uh, yeah, you can walk up there and basically you just queue up in a line and everyone gets their. Two minutes to say something, and then there's a moderator keeping track of everyone. So there's two minutes. Two minutes. You got two minutes of testimony, and then the next person... Four
1: against? Does four go first, and then against All the four, basically, all
0: the people that are kind of on the same side of the the proposal, they all speak. So we all stand up in a line behind the microphone, and we just kind of discuss who wants to go first and who wants to go. Um, So I remember on the flight to Las Vegas, I had a lot of um, strategizing to do. So I definitely... (laughs) You know me, I'm very organized. So I basically laid out everyone's testimony and said, You will say this and we will say this. And I don't, because you only have two minutes. So we didn't want to overlap all our content. And there's a lot of content to get through. And so we kind of just coordinated it to, you know, these are the points each of us can cover. And then other people jump up and say what they want. And you never know what the opposition's going to say or who's going to say it.
1: Well, you preempted a lot of the. Opposition? Did yes. you not?
0: Well, because you you already know what they're going to say because they've said it at the committee action hearing. So
1: and you refuted. You yes. just kind of preemptively refuted.
0: Sometimes you have to do that what? because you only have two minutes, and so you know they're going to come back and you can rebut what they say in another minute. So you just go, it's a it's a lot of back and forth, okay. but the moderator makes sure people aren't duplicating testimony okay. and things like that. So
1: so for, th- for this com- for this commercial code air testing, yeah. the th- I guess there are three amendments. Three proposed amendments. Is that what you said, or three yes. parts? Yes, yep. it It's three.
0: Pro- so it's three independent proposals, all in the same section. Okay. With the hopes that if all three passed, um, they would work. They would get melded together, and they would work. But uh, to say, you know, they were willing to sacrifice one if one had the the support of the committee or the the public comment voters. Then you know, one having one was better than having none. And okay. so I think maybe, and I wasn't involved in prior cycles. so I think maybe previously. Maybe they had failed by looping, you know, lumping them all together.
1: Okay. So because the initial committee in Albuquerque yeah. liked these proposals, yes. you only needed a majority of voters present at the public comment hearing to approve it in order for it to come out of the public comment hearing as, as recommended or whatever. Okay. Exactly. Okay. And so, the
0: public, so the people that are submitting public comments – they have to know that they had to convince two-thirds of the people in the room that their public comment is is better than ours. And so there was one public comment that was like another wordsmithing, like this isn't clear, we should change it. But you have to get two-thirds of the people to agree with that. Okay. okay. Um, and then same for like the person, you know, there's people that just flat out didn't want it. Um, so they had to be more convincing.
1: So all of these three were... They, did Different they pass? agencies. Did they pass oh, so in these the three? Public?
0: Yes. Uh, so far, so far, so good. Okay, so Again, in we the have public problem. comment
1: hearing in Vegas. They all came through okay. Yes. All right, and then so then it goes to the online vote. Yes. So okay, backing up in Vegas, you would need two thirds to um, overturn the committee's recommendation. Yes. And then they didn't get two thirds on any of these. So then it goes to the online voters, and they would need to approve it by a simple majority in order for these proposals to become code. Yes. And did you get preliminary results for those? So these are
0: all—all the preliminary results are just lumped in together. So nobody knows anything else. I mean, the preliminary results are yes. Those are those are in yes. All right. But again, everything's just still preliminary. So
1: you batted a thousand this code cycle.
0: I was told that yes. I don't know what that means, but
1: <laughs> you, you
0: really, something to do with baseball. You really
1: should know what that means.
0: <laughs> it was easier so, when you only had, you know, I'm only there defending like three proposals, yeah. whereas other people are there with giant binders because they have to speak in defense of oh, every God. single section. And so I went in there and all I had to focus on were the the three that I cared about. Wow.
1: Yeah. And but you yeah. were psyched. You came back to yeah. I thought it was, that was... so
0: fun. <laughs> I love, like I don't you know, I like a good fight. And the thing is the things I was fighting for just made sense. Okay. You know, they made okay. sense. Uh, we'd put in the effort to coordinate and discuss, you know, we reached out to the opposition to see what they didn't like yeah. about it, to understand okay. it. And we put words into the proposal that kind of addressed their main concerns. All right. Um, so I think we were proactive about it, and so I thought, yeah, I think that helped.
1: Nice. Awesome. So, what do you got on the slate for next code cycle?
0: Oh my goodness, I don't even know. <laughs> I, I'm, all the people that, you know, like the, the little wordsmithing, the things like that that people said, you know, oh, oh. You know we got to go back and you know, okay. fix certain things. Um, I know these three proposals on the commercial side, you know, when they melded together, it, some of it is a little clunky. So I know people want to, you know, fix that. Um
1: but these are some pretty um, significant changes. Yes, right? that's
0: what i was saying. Like from the beginning like you know this is going to be the code cycle that I think really makes an impact on how efficient buildings will be that oh, wow. w- you know once they would adopt the 2021 there's tons of proposals I was not involved in that were, you know, pretty significant changes to the 2018 ICC so I think it's going to be pretty impressive. Um, things like the energy rating index, you know, dropping those scores a little bit lower, making those more <laughs> stringent. Wow. Um Yeah, so there was a lot lot of changes I wasn't involved in, but yeah, you know, maybe, you know, maybe the next cycle, air leakage testing, instead of the 0.3 number, maybe we make it a little tighter, you know, maybe 0.3 goes down to something else, you know, we'll propose something different. Um, So yeah, no, I find it interesting, um, challenging, so.
1: So do you know when we'll get the absolute final decision on all the voting for the twenty? 21. I
0: do not. Okay. I have asked, and I'm, I'm sure the second it gets released, um, there'll be you know blogs about it and things like that because everyone's just waiting because okay. it, definitely the people that are into energy efficiency and advancing the codes and getting to net zero, they're excited about this one. Okay. So the second it's it's legit, you're gonna see blog posts about it.
1: All right, and we'll yeah, we'll post it.
0: Yeah. So Absolutely,
1: cool. and you have a couple blog posts about this already that we can link to. Yes,
0: when I came back, okay. there's just so I was just so excited about like this process and you know coming away with set, uh, successful proposals. You know, this is a dry topic. It's not for most people. Not yeah, for you. I don't know. I find it super exciting. Uh, <laughs> I just like the idea. You know, I think even like Sean when he got involved, the fact that you know we work in buildings. And we just don't realize that we could actually be the ones that change the rules for all the buildings, not okay. just the ones we work on with our individual clients. It's just like if we want to have a broad impact on buildings, we got to affect you know more than the ones that we know of. It's got this is the International Energy Conservation Code, and so we need to raise the bar for all the buildings. And so if we have a good idea that makes sense, it's not just like my way or the highway. You know, reach out to the builders and say, would this change work for you? Um, Yeah, so instead of just, like, fighting against, like, you know, code is, you know, it's too hard, it doesn't make sense. Instead of fighting it and complaining about it, you know, you just go and submit changes to it. So I thought it was fun.
1: Awesome. Thanks for doing it. And thanks for talking about
0: it. Yeah, no problem.
1: Thank you to Gaia3. We have quite a few links on the show notes page if you want to check out more on this topic. 3 has written some blog posts about the amendments themselves that she was working on and also about the process that we've been talking about. And all of these meetings and hearings are recorded and we've linked to them, to the relevant uh, videos that deal with the amendments 3 was working on. And I was impressed watching some of these videos. The, the hearings were run very efficiently, people were very concise for the most part, and professional, very substantive comments, uh, very unlike, say, political debates, I'm not sure what I was expecting, but uh, I learned a lot watching watching about the process, watching some of these videos. And finally, at the time I'm talking right now, late March of 2020, the results of voting have completed, but the, the code itself is still not final. Uh, as 3 said, the there was a kind of a groundswell of uh, um, changes that really will push energy efficiency in a lot of, a lot of buildings. If if they all get approved, voters approved them. But now there are challenges, as I understand it, there are challenges relating to the procedure. Uh, this procedure that we've been talking about for the last hour or so was not done correctly, uh, and. So the results, the 2021 IECC, will not be finalized until these challenges to the procedure are sorted out. Uh, We have links to more info about all this also. Show notes are at swinter.com slash podcast. That's S-W-I-N-T-E-R dot com slash podcast. Buildings and Beyond is produced by Stephen Winter Associates. Our mission here is to improve the built environment. That's really the core of our official company mission statement. That means better buildings, more durable buildings, accessible, sustainable, healthy, new buildings, existing buildings. We are looking for help in doing this. Visit swinter.com careers if you are interested. We have openings in all of our offices Connecticut, New York City, Washington, D.C., and our newest office in Boston. Thanks again to Guy Three and to the whole uh, podcast production team here. Alex Mirabile, Jade Alvarez, Heather Breslin, Kelly Westby, Dylan Martello, and myself, Rob Aldrich. Thanks.